Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. You can download the CDM app. Come join the growing platform where you can access our praying community of disciple makers and learn from our podcasts, blogs, and videos that will help you know how to make disciples in your life and ministry. While you're on there, you can support this podcast by following the link to our Patreon. Your support allows us to continue to offer and create new content and support disciple makers like you as you transform your communities with the gospel of the kingdom. And as a thank you, those who give at least $5 a month will have access to our premium content that dives even deeper into the challenges and tips for disciple making. One of the things that Paul and I have been really thinking about is getting into that generational thinking. So in other words, when we're talking about movement, when we're talking about multiplication, we have to understand that things have to get beyond us and it's more than just hope. Hey, if I just continue to do the same things that I've always done, maybe somebody will decide to do these things too. And so the reality is we understand from movement that we do certain things in such a way that it will lead to other people doing them with other people pretty soon out of the gate, not some year, some day, 10 years from now, five years from now, two years from now, but something that can happen sooner rather than later, at least on smaller habits from the beginning. And so having said that, we want to get the idea of how do we get set ourselves up both in prayer and in engagement that allows us to get from out from beyond us to the people around us when it comes to these things. One of the things that we've noticed, uh, just to let you guys, or just to kind of bring to your attention, is that the reason we have to be thinking generationally, is like Rebecca said, is that if we're not thinking it, we won't get to it. Uh, we have a tendency to get to get really excited about the work that's in front of us and not think about the next two generations, the next two spaces it needs to be. And so one of the things that Rebecca and I have noticed is like in the area of multiplying prayer, we get we get very very engaged and very busy at at mult at working prayer and working this this immediate group of people but we don't have plans and we haven't worked into how does that prayer now multiply to people that we don't know and then to the people that the people we don't know know you know so what how does that go and get bigger than than what we know and that we're a part of even down into our discovery bible studies you know we may be excited that we have this discovery bible study here but are we thinking about where it goes next and and the reason we have to do that is and the reason we have to think generationally is that when um to get to first generation you just have to be able to do it yourself to get to second generation, you need somebody who will do what you tell them to do, okay? To get to third generation, the person who will do what you tell them to do initially now has to be able to help someone else do it, okay? And so it's different levels of development along the way. But if we're not thinking about that, then we can get stuck into a place of doing all the work ourselves, having our time chewed up and, and, and feeling overwhelmed and never actually see the generational growth. Now, 
um, when we're, we're going to go in talking about this in regard to two different areas, prayer and engagement. We're going to have to go through this quickly, unfortunately, because we have just a short time together. But I want you to, to, to think about these items and then start thinking about how you can apply them. So the first one is mobilizing prayer. So again, guys, when we're thinking about trying to pass a habit off to somebody else, our traditional way of thinking about it is I tell people about it and say, you should go do it. And that's about as far as it goes. And we might later on say, hey, are you doing it? Yeah, it's good. Great. It's good. Okay, good. Awesome. Glad to hear it. And then we move on. And the reality is, is that that's real. in order for us to really get the habits multiplied out to other people, we're going to need to actually disciple people, coach people, you know, do this habit within relationship to make sure it gets to the next level. So this is our, our comments on that are going to sound similar in concept to that, to, to the podcast the only way to mobilize the prayer calendar. Many of you are familiar with how about the prayer calendar and how we encourage people to multiply the prayer calendar to other people. But again, we're very specific on there's a specific way to do it, to mobilize it to other people that's actually effective. And that will be long-term. People are actually doing it and multiplying to other people, which is we call and or talk with people one-on-one to be able to coach them into doing this habit. This is not something you take a large group of people that you by and large are just friends with and you just say, hey, you know, are you doing it? Good, you know, let's move on type of thing. Or maybe even of, hey, are we doing this? Here's your story. So we have to contact them outside of the meetings and talk with them one-on-one about how they're doing the habit and how are they doing it, helping others do the habit and, and, and getting to specifics in that so that we can be able to see people actually getting this into their daily lives. But right now, I'd like to be able to talk to you guys about how to apply it to other tools, such as like the, the prayer and fasting guide and things like that, that we've been doing. So on the area of, of this generational growth, you guys got to realize that uh, in the United States and in, and in Europe as well, there has been an eroding of how to make relationship. I mean, we are all becoming very isolated very quickly. And, and we're having to be even more intentional to do that. There's tons of books even written these days about how we need to, you know, old people in their 40s and beyond are struggling to build friendships and to make connections outside of the nuclear family. So that's increasing our isolation. Why do I say that? Because if we just focus on an email list and we're sending out emails to people, the reason they're not getting opened is because after a certain bit, people don't know you. They don't know who you are. So they have no vested interest in opening your email. And even missionaries who've gone overseas recognize that even though they're on the field and they're sending emails back to family, after two years on the field, the number of people who actually open those emails uh, decreases significantly. Why? Because there's no relationship. 
relationship is the glue for all of these things. And so one of the big things that we're teaching and that we're, we're emphasizing as we look and think generationally is also habits that will help us form relationships, not just us form relationships, but then help others form relationships too and establish all of this on that foundation of relationship. Okay, so how can we mobilize in, a, in an effective way um, when it comes to prayer habits that we do with other people? And I'm going to use the example of the prayer and fasting guide. I'm really hoping that all of you guys have been enjoying the prayer and fasting that we've been doing over the summertime, that perhaps that now this has become, if it already wasn't a habit for you, that this is now becoming something that you do. Um, every week. And I know that's what we've been hearing from a lot of the different people in our community. And if it hasn't yet, it it isn't over. We're we're continuing this with our community. Just join us in what we're doing and, and making this a habit, not only personally, but multiplying it out. In fact, Paul and I are going to be making a prayer and fasting guide for the fall to be able to use what we're doing. So this will be something that we can ongoing do. So when we are thinking about the prayer and fasting guide, there are people who are going to be who are sitting there going, hey, guys, I've got this prayer and fasting guide. Would you like to do it, too? Oh, cool. Send it to me. Send it. And then they say, cool. Well, let's do this. Yeah. And then maybe if there's a group in which they're together. Hey, did you get that prayer and fasting guide? Yeah. You know, it's like, what do you think of it? Oh, it's good. You know, some great stuff. Well, that's great. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, I think it's really good to pray and fast. Yes, that's awesome. Okay, now let's get into what we're going to talk about. That's not going to mobilize people doing the prayer uh, prayer and fasting. So this is how we can now come at it from a little bit more of a robust way um, that will not only continue the habit in the people you are immediately talking to, but also multiply it out to other people when it comes to that. First off, what, like I said, you need to either call them one-on-one or if perhaps you have a relationship with a few of them in which you are a direct discipler to them and your meeting is all about how they do what you ask them to, you know, kind of thing. So this would be a scenario like, for instance, if a church leader were di- were discipling some interns or something like that. Um, but either way, it's a, it's a situation in which you can dig deep and that's saying, yes, let's, let's talk about how we're doing this together. And then you ask the, the, the questions that will help them not only actively do the habit, but then also how they do it with other people. So first of all, how are they doing the habit in the prayer and fasting guide? The habits we're wanting and the skills we're wanting them to develop is more than just, I'm literally praying and I'm not eating. There's more to it than that. So it, we're, we're actively in there having people pray in a certain way and reading certain passages. So you want to try to celebrate and talk about all these different elements. Like for instance, um, what jumped out in the passage to you over this past week? What did God show you as you were reading this passage? So now you're talking about together the passage and what it says and perhaps what you should do and what we should pray about in light of the passage. Next thing is what has God been showing you 
regards to the city when you've been praying? What are some things that have been, he's been bringing to mind? What are some things that he has been showing you? So now you're having opportunities to talk about, you know, the city and maybe some needs or maybe some things that we should be praying about and how we should be praying about. And now that's a conversation that you're talking about together in regards to that. Then what has God been revealing to you about yourself? So now what you're celebrating and talking about is repentance and personal change and also action steps that can result from the things that God has been showing you. And you can have conversations surrounding that. And then lastly, what do you think you could do about the things that God has showed you? And, and, and again, this is a sharing back and forth situation where they can share, you can share, and now you're talking about those things. So now you've taken something to where it's literally like, hey, are you praying to God more and not eating to a level of we're repenting together, we're thinking about our city together, we are listening to God together, and we're sharing and talking about how that results in action. And so that now brings so many more things into the the fruit of doing this as a community together. So first off, how are they doing the habit and and sharing those experiences back and forth? But then now the the next question is, how are you doing the habit with others? The thing about the prayer and fasting is people could take it and just do it personally and then not do it with anybody else. What we want them to do and want ourselves to do is to do it with other people. So in other words, pray with other people. So whether it's a a small group or a friend group or their family, whatever it is, you sit there and you help them figure out and yourself too, who, when, and how are you going to do this prayer with other people next? Say, okay, well, I did it with my family. That's so great. I'm so glad that it's important to do it with your family. So who are you going to do it with next? You know, where can you try doing this next with? And remember, guys, when we talk about the prayer and fasting, you can just pray through a passage with people without doing the fasting as an initial thing. Like if you're just having a lunch with somebody, if you wanted to say like, hey, you know, there's a passage that I've been praying through. Let me show it to you. And you can show it through and say, and, and we pray in this such a way. You want to give it a try. And so you're getting them to try just the prayer part. And then if people are responding well to that, they say, you know, this is a part of this prayer and fasting thing that I'm doing. Would you like to, to give it a try? And so, so there's a way to be able to get people into this even without saying, hey, would you like to not eat with me initially? You know, it's like there's a way for you to be able to help them try it first and then see if they'll do the fasting in conjunction with it. So guys, you know, you said that the second question is, how are how are we doing this with other people now and coming up with new ways and places that we're doing it with other people? So now there's the third level. So remember, Paul was talking about How are you personally doing it? How are you doing it with other people? Like if you tell other people to do so, you do it with other people, but then now how do they help other people to do it? So that's the third question. How are you helping others do this habit too? 
So, and you actively help them know how to be able to go to their other people and ask them. So like if you're having, doing this in a small group and you're praying through that and you're fasting with it in a small group saying, okay, guys, you know, how can you take this to other people and have them do it with their family and friends or the, and everything. And so tell them how to be able to have that initial conversation and talk about that together. Talk about having them try just one simple first step in handing it off to somebody else and them trying it with somebody else. You know, have them set a scenario time and then tell them and say, hey, when you're talking with that person, tell them next time we get together, we'll talk about how it went. So the same things you're doing to help them, you help them to know how to do with somebody else. And now it's getting beyond you. And the next time they come back, their people come back, they get to tell them how it went with those people out there. And the next time your friends come and back and tell you about how that, that happened. So now the stories that are from beyond you down these generations are coming back to you because you have times and places in which you're actually talking with people about these things. And celebrating them and talking about what the next steps can be. And you do this over time. If you yeah. do it over time, eventually the habits will take hold. And it'll start becoming a part of people's lives. And in the end, that is what makes something a fad versus a lifestyle. And it's that getting it into the daily life and for us helping each other getting it into our daily lives in this ongoing sharing and 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 everything of that i'm i'm telling you guys work making things a habit really works i have there's i was just talking to paul about this the other day there's one habit normal everyday habit that i really don't like that is essential for me at this point in my illness and that's flossing i hate flossing it's, it's annoying to me for some reason. I hate it. And I always do it right before bed. And I'd rather just go to bed and not floss. But about two years ago, I decided I, I was going to be determined and make flossing a habit. And so every night I sat, I was like, I'm not going to bed until I floss. And I managed over a three month time period to every night, make sure I floss before I went to bed. And what happened was, even though, even to this day, I'm still going, as I go down and floss, it's almost like I can't not floss. <laughs> I, it, it's like I'm compelled to do it. I have to do it every single night. And it's not because I want to do it, not because I'm sitting there, you know, like, oh, I got to floss, but because I'm just so in the habit that I find myself already doing it by the time that I'm ejecting too much to doing this, the habit. And so the reality is if I could take something that I absolutely detest and make it a habit in my life, then we can help ourselves and other people make something that is life-giving and allows us to be able to connect with God and everything habit when we are determined not only in our lives, but help people in their lives, make it a habit and pass it off to other people in this very intentional way. 
So one of the things that I want to do is zoom out just for a little bit and kind of show you something that's happening here as we're doing, we're talking about something as simple as multiplying a prayer guide down multiple generations. If those of you who've taken the class know there's three parts of leadership development within movement. First of all, you have training. So that's taking the, the guide and saying, here's a guide. This is how we use it. Okay. And just giving the information. Okay, but then there's then there's coaching, which is about transferring skill sets. This is how we use the questions. This is what we're talking about. So if you're in your DMC and you've given your DMC the guide and you're actually starting to go through the guide and use the questions and hear from the Lord and then share what you're hearing from the Lord in the prayer, then now you're, you're in a process of really coaching and developing that aspect of leadership development. Now, the third aspect of leadership development is mentoring, which is helping people get rid of the things in their lives that are holding back their capacity, reducing their capacity to serve God. As they're going through the process, and as they're helping others now go through the process, then it begins to chip away those things that the calcification of our hearts, the scar tissue, the sin, those other things that are there are bad habits. It helps to get rid of that and input new habits, and then leaders start to developing. Relationship is growing, as people are doing the things, God is working in their hearts and leaders are developing and, and the whole network of disciple makers is becoming stronger because of the investment and the conversations that, that you're having. So that's just to show you that this is just every tool we develop when we talk about multiplying it out, that's how we develop leaders. You do not develop leaders in a classroom alone. You develop leaders as you help them get started in the habits and, and you start working that. The second thing I wanted to point out that is happening in this as well is that we are, what I have learned is that the church is low on faith. The reason we're low on faith is we haven't been celebrating what, how God has been answering all of our prayers. And so we make a lot of prayers. They're not connected to answers. And so we believe that God isn't listening. Your faith goes up. Every time we directly say, we prayed for this and God did this. And I've watched you step forward in boldness, in increasing boldness in your prayer and increasing boldness in your engagement, you're increasing boldness in dealing with issues in your own lives and things like that, because your faith has been edified by the word of testimony of the body of Christ. And so by creating those places where those stories are coming in, because you're doing what Rebecca is talking about, calling and asking, then everyone on up is growing in leadership, but everyone on up is growing in faith. And they're becoming bolder in their steps to obey God. And as a result, they, we begin to see more and more of the movement uh, activities happen among us. I also want to add one more thing to it, that we're actually doing habits, daily habits now within community and sharing it. Again, when we're talking about the prayer the, the prayer and fasting, under normal circumstances, people would take that and just do it in their private rooms or whatever, and never talk to anybody about the, the specificities of what's happening. But if we do it with other people and create spaces to talk about what we're doing with other people, then now this is a community thing. It's not just a personal thing. It's a community sharing. And that really allows us to be able to enjoy so much more, to be able to experience so much more, because now we're all doing this together. And this is how it was meant to be. And it's a guard against pride. 
by doing things in the community, it protects us against pride. Because now as a leader, I'm in the room and as everyone is opening their mouth talking, I'm sitting there going, listening to them because they're going to tell me what God said to them. And it could be that God wants to teach me something through them that I wasn't able to hear when I was working through the passage. And so by being in community and having that posture of now I'm learning from the other believers, then it keeps me out of the echo chamber of my head. It softens my heart. And I realize that teaching from the Father can come by anyone in the room, regardless of age, gender, or ethnicity. One quick word I want to say about engagement is, guys, we've got to get out of the sporadic and also individualistic kind of of engagement, or what one might say extractional. We've got to start having type of engagements that allows us to join existing communities, to infiltrate them, to be in and among them, and start to get to know whole groups of people, families, silos, communities. We've got to go where they are and start joining them and getting to know them where they are and develop that relationship over time because otherwise we're not going to start discovery groups we're going to continue to have the results of extracted individuals that we are are finding along the way and yay if we actually get them to actually becoming believers in jesus no now we want to be able to start having these kind of results and which over time we can bring groups and communities to places to where they want to discover God and they're coming to know Jesus together. So we have to change the way that we engage and the level at which we engage. And so we can have different results. I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you've been listening to the CDM podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks, or click on the link in the description. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast and supporting us on Patreon. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at contagiousdisciplemaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app. Join us in the journey of becoming world-changing disciple makers.